0: That's right. It's time for the Weekly Review, a podcast for people who want to do a better job of organizing their lives. Whether you are new to task management or you've fallen off the wagon a few times, this podcast is for you. Now, if you haven't done your weekly review yet, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to do so when you finish listening. I'm Jean McDonald, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, James Dempsey. Hi, James. How are you doing today? And have you done your weekly review?
1: Hi Jean, I'm doing well and no. I have okay. not. I have not done I didn't do my weekly review. We're gonna be very disappointed in me when we get to the weekly to do. Oh it's no. been, <laughs> I've barely managed to oh. do the weekly put on my shoes this week.
0: <laughs> the weekly put on your shoes. Oop oh, that could rhyme uh with the weekly to do the weekly review. I mean, whatever. Um, well, I will just go ahead and say, I have done my weekly review, um, as I am defining it now, which is, uh, and as I'm working on defining it. So, uh, it's probably be my project of the next month or so is, um, making the weekly review work for me. Um, And, uh, Right now, I'm up to, I have five steps. One is step one, five, spend five minutes on a brain dump of what is most worrying. Two, trash and unsubscribe from commercial email. Three, trash and archive email that is over a month old. Four, think about grocery shopping and update shopping lists. And five is review my, uh, do app, um, reminders because I do stick to-dos in there um, and uh, just making sure I'm either doing them or putting them somewhere else where they really should go. Um, actually, I added a sixth step today, which is um, oh, open physical mail.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. Open that is a good one. Mail
0: and re- recycle or save. Recycle or file. Um, I think doing that once a week is going to be a big help to me, but I'll talk about that more when we talk about the weekly to-do. So shall we bring on the band?
1: Oh, we might as well. Okay.
2: The weekly to-do, yeah, the weekly to-do. Jean and James are working through the weekly to-do. Well, James,
0: I think you gave us a spoiler alert or a spoiler uh, in the first part of this episode business. Um, did you do your weekly
1: to-do? Well, I yes, I gave you a spoiler with no warning whatsoever. No, No alert. <laughs> well, my – so my weekly review and my weekly to-do are currently closely related since sure. it's to go through my set of projects and – um, and figure pair them down to what's realistically going to be things I can do in the next 12, 12 months, let's say. Um, because mm-hmm. right now I've just got all sorts of stuff that should be in someday, maybe, maybe never. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was that again? Um, all sorts of things. <laughs> so I really do need to do that. Um, uh-huh. two things that I did. Uh accomplished though is uh I had let my inbox get like to close to quadruple digits so up in the mm-hmm. high hundreds and it, it's now down to 130 so I did pare down a lot and I also had let a bunch of physical mail pile up and I've at least done the pass where I get rid of the stuff that can be recycled um and that went out today so um mm-hmm. There have been things happening, just <laughs> nothing that it's all kind of uh in process um yeah, but it's not at a complete standstill so
0: i I figured you got some things done in the last week, uh just not exactly what we put on our list last week, and when does that ever happen always
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, well, my weekly to do was, was in <laughs> the saga of the box of junk or well, now I'm calling it junk. it was clutter. The longer it sits there, um it's gonna end up being junk. I have this small box of stuff I'd never really s- sorted when I moved, and I um actually pulled out. And opened and recycled all the email that came from my um, healthcare insurance provider and also my health care providers, because those people can really generate some paperwork. every time like you sneeze, you get like an analysis of how that affects your deductible, and you also get a one or two sheets of paper in eight different languages explaining your rights you know under the yes. insurance laws which is important but if i have 20 envelopes there that's 20 things i have to recycle for sure the the statements from the healthcare providers with their bills come with envelopes to send them checks in which i'd love to know what their return rate of checks are since they absolutely take online payments and it's not even hard so, whatever, I did it. I did it. I was kind of discussed it with myself and also with the healthcare industry and all of their paper. And I thought there must be a way to get the paper cut down on the paper. And I felt like I had tried to do it before, but was informed that some things just have to come in the mail by law or whatever. And I thought that can't be all of this. I mean, there's absolutely no reason for. 95 or 99% of this to come as paper through the mail. So uh, that took me down a rabbit hole, <laughs> of course, starting with figuring out which of my many uh, login items and 1Password actually work for my healthcare portal because they change things around and then I end up having to like get new passwords or whatever. So... I did a good job of cleaning out old password logins and labeling the ones that actually work in a way that make them look like, you know, they work so that there was a little one password action going on. Then, of course, I got to a point with I thought, I wonder how I connect all this to my health, the health app on my phone. Well, that was a rabbit hole or more of a rat hole. That did not produce results. Um, well, didn't produce results f- for what I was hoping to do. I did manage to get one um, hospital system, the one where I got my vaccinations, you know, hooked up, but all my other healthcare is elsewhere. So, whatever. Anyway, d- so my process of, of doing my weekly to do became I don't, I don't think you can call it a project, it just became like a uh, you know, a slide into um, tasks related to um, mail from big corporations and information that I would like to have at my fingertips and information I really don't want to have in my mailbox again. Um, But yes, I did find a thing to let me unsubscribe from paper mail. You actually have to click. It looks like you can't do it. But if you click on a link um, that has like a, you know, an alert icon next to it that looks kind of scary. If you click on it, it's basically a legal agreement by which you say, I understand. Now I'm not going to get these worthless pieces of paper in the mail anymore. I will get everything electronically.
1: I will now and get uh, worthless emails instead.
0: I'll get worthless emails. But- I have a better filtering system on my
1: (laughs) my Mac
0: than in my living room, which is, you know. Anyway, and that is what inspired me to add another uh, checkbox to my personal weekly review, um, open physical mail. If I would open it every week, it wouldn't become... You know, I obviously I open the things I'm looking for, or right. looking forward to. Yes, it's not like I just don't open anything, and um, it's not even like I don't open bills. Bills all come electronically, um, except for the health care related ones, and so it just was like, yeah. So I'm, I I think things are going to be a lot better now if if they really don't send me stuff.
1: That would be great. Yes. I know sometimes um, they send me bills and say, "Don't pay this. You're signed up for auto pay." Right. And it's like, "Well, right. why did you? Why are you sending me this? I already does know it that." does
0: come with does it come And, with and an it envelope? does.
1: It does come with an envelope, of so course. So mine. <laughs> well, because I'm sure <laughs> it'd be more expensive to segregate the ones that need an envelope from those that don't. You just send it like, because then the batch size becomes smaller. Whatever. It's yeah. uh, it's probably cheaper for them, um, just to do it all, all in one. But regardless, just don't send me the thing, because yeah. you know what I do with that thing? I scan it, make it electronic, and then I throw it away or I recycle yeah. it. So, yeah, let's cut out the middleman, you- me, and just
0: <laughs> the middle James. What um, do you recycle those things? That was going to be. My question or shred them.
1: Um well the the things that have personal information, like the bill itself, I will put in the, the box to go to the shredder. Um, mm-hmm. but the you know the the envelope it came in, the return envelope, all of those things just go into recycles because there's nothing there's no identifier for me, like nothing about me on those things. Mm-hmm. Except so- maybe my address, but that's public information anyway.
0: It's true. I've been, I have been, um, not sure about, I usually tear the part of the piece of paper that has my address off to, uh, throw away, like separate it from like, um, the information that's on it. But yeah, I, 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 I mean, I got to this question, you know, in an a exponentially bigger Um, format when I moved, because we cleaned out a lot of stuff that I had never, um, you know, was nicely filed away, but it really didn't even have to be there. Um, Records going back 15 or more years. And um, I was like, dithering the whole time, like, should this go into recycling? Or should I like shred this? Or this? Yeah. Anyway, I'm sure there's somebody who could tell me more Definitively what to do. But I don't have a shredder right now. I know you you actually take your stuff in for shredding. Um,
1: I do. I also have I, a shredder, but uh-huh. it's just I think I think the price is now ten bucks for a banker's box to shred. Yeah. Um and like so that's about ten dollars a year for me, it seems like. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. although the downside being that there's a whole bunch of unshredded stuff sitting in a box in my house for a year. Um, so if somebody broke in, and mm-hmm. then they could see that I pay way too much for health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> but why not you just guess that anyway? Um, Ooh,
0: yeah. I was thinking about getting – my neighbor has a manual shredder because that's really – the i don't need to shred much if i had to shred a lot i would do what you're doing um but I, and i could do what you're doing i just would have to figure out where that banker's box is going to go and sit there for probably two years now especially that i've cut off the health insurance company <laughs> from sending right recycling right. every every week um actually i just was looking on amazon there's also these like uh, shredding scissors. It's like a scissor, a pair of scissors with four, with, you know, four blades on each side. That just looks cool no matter what, but that could kind of do the trick for the something little.
1: Um, hmm. yeah. And the other thing is for me, the, the shredding place is like, I don't know, three blocks for it. Like it literally is right in the neighborhood. That's the only reason yeah. I even thought about using a shredding place is because I drive by it all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, regardless. Um,
0: well, I, yeah, I hopefully will get less shred worthy material in my mailbox from now on. And, uh, but yeah, so speaking of my personal weekly review, or what I think of as like my, weekly review that works for me I've been trying to give it a name Um, and for some reason and I think it was Dexter like inspired me the first time we talked about it I was thinking how can I make it spell meow Um, so my my friend and coach Penelope said how about my excellently operating way or my excellently operational way
1: but sounds good to me I mean
0: meow, but I don't even have a
1: cat. You don't need a cat to have to, to have meow be a good thing. To
0: use the meow system. You too can use the meow system. You don't even need a cat. I don't have a cat and look how well it's worked for me.
1: Oh my gosh. I can see the infomercials <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> they write themselves. Meow. Well, I'd be open, listeners, to any uh, additional ideas, either for meow or something entirely different. I just, I don't want to uh, make it just a parody of getting things done because it isn't a parody. It really actually flows from that, and uh, also they are very heavy into trademark protection.
1: <laughs> well, meow, yes, and don't don't like come up with some way of combining things and then you have meow mix and then you're meow mix. now you're oh. in a totally different trademark fight you don't you don't need <laughs> to do that either
0: um yeah and actually that sort of leads to my my uh what i wanted to talk about today um i have been as i am almost always doing these days listening to an audiobook and i've really enjoyed going into Libby, the app, you know, which works with a lot of libraries. I don't know how how complete their coverage is, but you don't need that app, I don't think, to use any library. But um, there, I always go in and I filter for audiobooks in nonfiction that are available, and um, and then I just sort of scroll through. It's like being in a bookstore. I try to read the titles in the little thumbnails and then maybe I'll click through and read the publisher's glowing description um and then if it speaks to me on any level I'm I'll put I'll I'll check it out cuz it's available that's the whole idea and I listen to it at least for you know a ch- probably a chapter if not longer and I've picked out some good ones lately um what i'm listening to now is a book that is called dedicated the case for commitment in an age of infinite browsing by pete davis and it just grabbed me from the title because i tend to be the person infinitely browsing um and it's not just talking about the internet but life in general uh trying out many new things moving to new places and uh I do feel like I have something of a, I have a kind of five year. I'm like a cicada on the five year plan or six year plan. Mm-hmm. Every so often, I'm like, what could I do totally different now? And it's been on my mind because I'm. I really want to. I really like what I'm doing now, um, both work wise and with my various hobbies and profitless pursuits. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff for me. And I like where I'm living now since I moved twice last year. So I thought, well, let me read what this case for commitment is. And um, yeah, it just, uh, it's a good book. I'm going to say from the beginning, I don't know if you have to read it, (laughs) Um, which is a terrible thing to say. And sorry, Pete Davis, if you're listening, Um, I thought um, there were, a lot of things about the audiobook that got on my nerves. Um, the author's voice isn't quite a great audiobook um voice. And usually I prefer authors reading their own stuff, but I don't know. I I just it, it I can't say it got on my nerves, but it just cuz I did listen to seven chapters so far. But he also says words wrong, which I'm sure they need an editor for. It's not even like a question of of choice. He was saying something like subsequent, like subsequent. To, you mean subsequent? Like okay, yeah, that, whatever. That's that would wrong. drive me nuts. Right, <laughs> and like with a book, you see it, see a misspelling, and you just say, oh well, you know, typo in the book. But something about an audio book with a mispronunciation. That mispronunciation sticks in my, you know, my brain. So, I wish... Well, especially
1: if the word is used repeatedly.
0: Yeah. Thank God it isn't in his book. But yeah, that's true. I I had that other book I think I was telling you about where they repeatedly used the word eschewing and pronounced it wrong. And it was... I I had to stop. Actually, I quit reading that or listening to that book because... it wasn't because of a shooing, but it was a a incentive to quit reading the book because I wouldn't have to hear that anymore. Um, But yes, here's another reason I think you might skip the book and why it's probably uh, on the available shelf. Um, Just thinking, putting on my former book publishing hat, uh, you know, executive hat on is that this grew out of a commencement speech that the the author Pete gave, um, in 2018, um, at Harvard and it got 31 million views on YouTube. So it's an 18 minute YouTube. I think you could probably watch that and get, get the more than the gist of what is in the book and not, you know, have to contend with mispronunciations or, where honestly the book feels a little padded out um more examples than are necessary um it's an article that's what I would say. It's like a long article, not a book or a thirty one million view youtube uh video. so sorry, Pete, <laughs> all the sales <laughs> that the weekly review has cost you
1: <laughs> I know our <laughs> we're 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 known as big influencers. We're big, big time. A word from us um, can turn a a bestseller into remaining a bestseller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I did enjoy it and I I think it is it's got some thought provoking uh nuggets in it and w- a couple of times I stopped and just made little notes for us because I was like oh James would enjoy this, you know, discussion where Um, And the the part that I – the chapter I'm on now is about making choices. Um, The idea in a nutshell about the book is that um, it is important uh, to make commitments and stick with them, even when there's more shiny things around to distract you to do something else. And actually, the book opens with an example, which I think everybody can relate to, which is going on Netflix – saying you're going to watch a movie on Netflix and spending a half an hour, you know, surfing around on Netflix and watching trailers and then eventually you're just, it's too late and you're too tired to even watch a movie and you just turn it off. Um, I have a very hard time with the infinite number of choices um, that are offered to me by Netflix in particular and um, Prime and and some of the big services, but... um, yeah just that that we um especially nowadays with all the the technology we have for facilitating choice um there's more choices than ever and i definitely I've always been somebody who liked to keep my options open and- keep, you know and that's um that is the opposite of what you know he is talking about when he describes people who you know make commitments, even though they either you know are afraid of of they're making the wrong choice, not afraid, but you know that they know they're they're making a choice and they have to um but you have to make a choice at some point, so that's the chapter I'm on right now is about making choices, and he talks about a few different ways to making choices and the first one that I thought was really interesting. He said he has a friend who, if somebody asks him for advice, like, do you think I should get the, you know, let's say, get the Honda or the Toyota? The person answers, the Toyota, definitely. And the person who gets that advice is surprised, one, because they got an answer from somebody, and it sort of, like, stops them in their tracks. But also, they... Their next reaction is going to be like, oh, you know, I had Toyotas before and I didn't think they were that great to drive or, or yeah, I've always loved Toyotas. That's right. I am getting the Toyota. Like, it doesn't matter which one he tells them. By, by telling them, do this, it kind of forces them to figure out.
1: It evokes that response asking. of, yeah, oh, I, oh, you've. You kind of know that's that's the answer I was hoping you're going to give me, or that's the answer right. I didn't want you to give me, and that'll that becomes evident. Um, or then they say yeah. you you should be on an e-bike. You shouldn't have a car at all. Why do you, Why do you hate the planet? Um, no, I wouldn't Not do that. that to somebody, but yes. Um, and then more choices suddenly. Um, no, but I've heard that I've heard that as well, where it's uh or you can potentially even do that yourself by flipping a coin right and then that's true heads up get the toyota and then when it comes up heads you're like i'm going to do that again um or
0: <laughs> i think <laughs> best two out of three
1: <laughs> and um i've never owned a honda but i have owned toyotas and i've been they've been fine for me um but um <laughs> <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're not we're not taking sides automotive advice. Uh we're definitely not gurus. No. But um no. but no, that's I think that's a good at, that's that
0: It's an interesting thing. I'm gonna try it on on my friends. Fair warning, James. If they okay. ask me, should I get this or that? I'll just, just pick, pick one. one and and let you see what happens.
1: Um I did wanna like Go back to the the scrolling through countless possibilities on Netflix, though, mm-hmm. because I think there's a difference between looking through options because you don't know which one you want to pick at that moment. But I know, mm-hmm. like once, like if I start a movie on Netflix, I'm not going to get, well, unless it's a really bad movie. Like that's a really bad movie. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get like a third of the way through and then stop watching it and go surfing again. Like once I right. pick it, I'm committed to it. Or if there's a show that I've been following, you know, that I'm either binge watching mm-hmm. or the new like better call Saul. Um, like I'm going to like, there's no, ch- I'm no, I'm not scrolling at all. Cause I've already, mm-hmm. I've made that commitment to that show. So I think there's also a difference between having picked something and sticking to it as opposed to being in the state where you haven't picked something and you're you you just haven't maybe given your allegiance yet to it, like you're mm-hmm. you haven't committed to yeah, I'm gonna watch this movie mm-hmm. um so I mean I think it's it's slightly like I think they're two slightly different things, like the thing of picking something and abandoning it as opposed to mm-hmm. Weighing your options a lot maybe way too much on what movie am I gonna watch um but I think it is a little different than um than maybe that exact uh what's the word analogy that mm-hmm. he brings up
0: yeah, I think it just you know it depends like what how how you do your Whatever, how you do your choice making, I mean, I I know, I think it rang true for me because I don't like committing two hours of my time to anything, even if I know it's good. <laughs> I just think, like, but maybe there's something better, or maybe there's something I would enjoy more, or what's on YouTube, and then I can find something that's five minutes long, or, and watch ten of those. Um Which is, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely commitment phobic, if it's not obvious. Um, But I agree. Like, I think, I think the main thing, you know, is it was interesting. I guess the problem with the book is there are a lot of there's a lot of material in there that is interesting. That the, the the argument to be made is is almost too broad. And um, so, I mean, I enjoyed reading about, say, civil rights movement and civil rights, uh, figures in the civil rights movement, um, you know, who we are uh, associated with grand, um, you know, brave actions and big speeches. But most of what they did was go to, organizing meetings (laughs) with other people that weren't even that you know that that each meeting wasn't didn't you know didn't result in in like something so satisfying that the person would be like oh i love going to meetings like this
1: (laughs) right and i mean i think very often like there's that the story of the you know the person that works at something for 20 years before they become an overnight success, Mm -hmm. Um, where it looks like they were an overnight success, or in this case that they stepped into the, the, you know, out for this moment in the civil rights. But really there was a lot of hard work and organizing put in up to that point. Or even I think about the, uh, the, uh, the vaccine for COVID-19, right? Where Mm -hmm. the underlying technologies for those rna viruses people have been working on those for 30 years much of the time without a lot of attention or praise or feedback because a lot of people were suspicious it would even work right like they kind of got poo-pooed at some points and um but in the end right putting the putting that time and effort even though there was not a lot of immediate gratification, um, thank goodness that those people did that. Um, and I think yeah. I think that's true in a lot of ways, where we all, we do seem to want that immediate gratification. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, going back to Netflix, it's that other thing where there's a a series, and the people always tell you uh, just just make your way through the first season and then it gets so much better after that. I've, I've heard that so many for so many different shows, um, just get through the first. Oh, you won't like the first season, but then it gets so much better. It's almost the same exact thing, right? Where, where you have to put in this time and you're not going to like it, but then you're going to like. then it's going to be good. Um.
0: (laughs) well, when, um, the, uh, it was just interesting to like compare that. So the the idea of like what does your gut tell you? You know, if I say Honda, do you say to yourself, "No, I really want a Toyota." Um, that's like a gut check, basically. Um, versus uh, the classic way of making a choice. The the going back to Benjamin Franklin, the pros and cons, which is also a good way to do it. It's just not, it, I think shouldn't be your only way, but um, I definitely have done big pro and con, uh, like with sticky notes when I bought my house and when I sold my house, like, because there were just so many little pieces, even though I also Say I talked to you when I was thinking of selling my house, you know, and we had like a good discussion. You did not say to me, don't sell it or sell it like you, like a regular person said, like, oh, I can see, you know, both sides of this. Um, Yet, by talking to you and talking, you know, to my family, I was able to feel as I was talking which way made me feel better, you know, which way. And that actually gets into something the author mentions, which I had never heard of, called Ignatian discernment. Uh, it's a Jesuit practice and uh, named after St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, if you're into the uh, Catholic saint trivia. And that I had never heard of, but is a similar practice of sitting with something and letting the feelings, you know, d- not thinking, just feeling about um, making a decision, probably in St. Ignatius' case, like, you know, probably people who were trying to decide if they had a calling, you know, would could use this uh, method because b- back then, and to be perfectly honest, I don't really know how far back back then is, but it's a while um but you know for the idea that you could it, it, they're not really sitting with their feelings so much as like f- using the feelings to try to figure out if if god is telling them to do one thing or another which is interesting but i do think like a combination of those things um is a way to make a choice and i i you know laugh i'm laughing now because i'm thinking i'm still in the, i i have stuck with gtd for a long time even though i haven't really done it but i've never gone to another system and said like okay now i'm all in on you know whatever so i feel like i even though it feels like i'm moving away from it i think i'm just moving away from i'm not moving away from it i'm just rethinking it for my own Mm-hmm. Um, to work better for me, which is, I, I think, at the end of which, whether I call it meow or not, it will, uh, I, I will probably, you know, go into OmniFocus, maybe declare OmniFocus ba- bankruptcy again, and then organize OmniFocus to work the way I have figured this out now.
1: Excellent, and of course, we've been dedicated doing a weekly podcast for. Mm-hmm. Coming up on very a number of years now,
0: yeah, we're um, almost at four years. So, so we're time.
1: just about due to become an overnight massive success. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh,
0: I thought you were going to say, "Is it, am I going to uh, turn into a podcast cic- cicada in another year?"
1: <laughs> oh, I <laughs> see. Like, no, I wasn't going to move that. on.
0: I won't. I, but I, I am guess, hoping uh, we
1: each get a free Toyota. At the end. Uh, uh, <laughs> I
0: would like a Honda, actually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I know I prefer a Honda, but not the Honda, the, the Honda that I want. They discontinued, so maybe I will switch. Um, I don't need a car. I don't even know why.
1: We're, I don't need a car either. I brought, either. Up, I brought up cars
0: as an example, and I don't know why. I don't feel that it's on my mind, but maybe it is. Well, James, do you have anything... Any other choices you'd like to lay out here and or choice making strategies that
1: um, um no, I think we've we've talked about a few here and that's that should be good for this week.
0: well, then I think it's time to wrap up and get back to getting things done uh, listeners, if you have any um, thoughts about um, this book or the topics that we discussed today, or what I should name my new, totally unique productivity system, please share it with us. You can find us on the internet at theweeklyreview.fm, on micro.blog and Twitter, we are at theweeklyreview, or email us at at weeklyreview.fm It would be great if you would rate or review this podcast. It helps new listeners find us, and it just makes us happy to know what you think. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the next weekly review.
2: Thanks. you got some things you want to get done And still enjoy a bit of organizational fun There's a lot of things you got to do You'll think about them all